This is episode 104 of G.I. Joburg. Steve's pissed, Cujo's high, and Rob's... Rob. It's awesome! Welcome to the show! <gasps> uh, how are you doing, guys? Hi. <laughs> uh, Rob's... Not as drunk as you are. I tried everything, guys. Big pot of coffee, had greasy food. I just threw myself into a swimming pool, which is quite unique because, I mean, Cape Town is in the worst drought that it's ever had in a hundred years. The fact that the pool at my apartment is still full, it boggles the mind. But nothing seems to work. I'm still pretty fucking pissed. My apologies to the listeners because this is not professional at all. But what? I was I was plied by friends. It was a reunion. <laughs> there was tequila. It had to happen. It had to be done. Apologies. I'm belligerent. Next. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, I'm doing good. Um, the weather is was pretty okay today. I thought nothing too extreme. Not that I noticed. I spent most of the t- the day inside. So. What are you eating, <laughs> Rob? What are you eating? Oh, what am I? I'm eating a. The Jungle Oats Berries Energy Bar. Jungle Oats? Delicious. Hmm. They're owned by Tiger Brands. Tiger Brands bought Fatties and Moni's Pasta. Fatties and Moni's Pasta was started by my brother-in-law's family. My brother-in-law's wow. name? Wow. Anton Fatty. <laughs> my brother-in-law's name is Anton Fatty. He's a fatty. What happened to the monies? You got a hilarious <laughs> last name? Do I have a he hilarious does, last name? I've got a very hilarious last name. It's Jubba. Like Jubba the Hutt, just not spelled the same. Hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean, is it notorious? Can... Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah. Anytime I need to explain to people why my brother-in-law's last name is Fatty, I just say, like, Fatties and Monies, like the pasta people. And they're like, oh, so it's not like fatty, as in, you know, huh. stocky, porky. Yeah, because he always, he, always, he always starts like, ah, well, you know, my brother-in-law is a fatty. <laughs> and then people are like, My nephew's man. a fatty, my niece Why? is a fatty. A bunch of people break out lighters. Guys, this is G.I. <laughs> Joburg. This is episode 104. My name is Steven. I'm joined by Rob and Cujo. And we're going to talk about the figure subscription service, aren't we? Absolutely. Among other things. Among other things, of course, of course. I think it's important to, at the outset, get off on the right foot. A positive foot. Ah, Kujo, do you want to put this for us uh, in, in more um, concrete terms? Since it was your suggestion in the first place. Sure, why not? Greetings, guys, ladies, whomever. I think uh, just uh, much of the G.I. Joe traffic online and... and Oh, you know what? Let me start out by just uh, swinging the spotlight. I was right before this uh, watching just another G.I. Joe show because I did want to kind of soak up some other people's thoughts on the Collector's Club, the offerings, and whatnot. And, like, dude, those guys are homely. Those guys, Well, they're not homely. They're older. They're mm, slightly above my demographic. But they drop knowledge, and they got good guests. I- I'm still going to rep Fred as far as G.I. Joe blogging, even though his social media is suspect. And uh, Shattered Glass, that, that that dude's a real one. I can see it. I'm going to call him, like, the Kevin Smith of G.I. Joe. Let's see. So they, they had a nice chat, and they do get some figure people in there. So 
if you're on the figure side, they're not a bad look. Um, that's on YouTube. And it, it just got me thinking that we should probably do some uh, good vibes for G.I. Joe. Um, since most of, the, most of the stuff lately has been just kind of clownish. So I'm going to take that opportunity. Am I getting going too early, guys? No, no. This is exactly where we need to be right now. Nice. Mm. So that's that's what I'm kind of throwing out. I'll lead out lead it off, and I know we're going to be joined by one of the uh, GI Joe's deepest pretty soon, maybe. And that would be Plastic Battles. Uh, look them up. But uh, no, I, I just th- through all the comic drama lately, what, what's what one thing that kind of went unnoticed is the artwork of a dude named Ilias. I want to make sure I don't butcher this. Ilias Krizius. And I'm sorry, brother. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, he, he's a Greek. His Twitter game's nice. He's a, He did a cover spread. Three different covers. It's a vertical layout. I never seen anything like that. And I've seen a lot of, lot of spreads. So, cheers to that. I did do a quick run-through on Citizen's book. Because uh, I, I just got all of them. I don't hit my comic store that often. But... I did rip through all his books. I'm going to say that there were, there were highlights on the art side, but I will break this off because I think it's relevant. And no offense intended on either side. Uh, I believe his artist was a dude named Milos, something like that. Do you guys know that name? Um, I think it was Milo Giannis, Giannis, something to that effect, like his surname and his first name. Okay. Are very think- similar. If something can be learned from all of what went down, is that artists are sensitive. And I think, like, the more the book got contentious, I felt like his artwork kind of disengaged. His, his his line work got stiffer. His shadows weren't as heavy. So, like, I feel like his line work was rushed. He does have a pretty good style. It doesn't speak to me, but it's hard lines, so I can appreciate that. But just, uh, if, you, if you're working around art projects... If you're the de facto kind of brand in that, if you're spitting fire, make sure people know where you're coming from first. You may be very supportive of the people you work with, but that they, they may feel that heat on the book, you know? So anyway, uh, cheers Curtis, to them. It's talk hard to, to us in real yes. terms, man. What's the story with Aubrey Citizen? I, dude, I can't speak on that, dude. There's, okay, no, there's a lot there will of... be people listening to this podcast scratching their heads saying... The last we heard was he was bad-mouthing anyone who had anything to say about 9-11 who weren't living in Manhattan at the time. Like, so, what's this guy's story now? Okay, that's fair. I I can give my spin on that context. As I've mentioned before, much of what I knew growing up just burned down. So that's like, if you go home, it's it's not there anymore. Like, the, the fire burned so hot, uh, like, rock chimneys barely took it. So, like, it's, it's a strange sight. So, like, if, so, if somebody's trying to co-opt your pain, I get it. And look, the worst part about it is none of us have any answers for that day. And we all know it. So, like, Aubrey, person to person, like, I don't know what you rep deep down but like Joburg is an open door for a conversation and, and we're not hit artists we're just dudes but you know I, I, I would love to hear not necessarily about 9-11 from you but I would love to talk about 
that attack on the extensive Enterprise Towers on Cobra <laughs> Island. You know, we we were all you were there. Was it Rattlers? Was it Firefly? Like we can have that conversation because that's what Joburg is. But anyway, brother, it's hard to break out books. I think I think those are fine books. Um, your tweet game is is good, but this is GI Joe, brother. We're a dormant fan base of military minds. Anyway, God bless, guys. Uh, good artwork, as always. IDW reps, um, I like it. Uh, and that's positivity, guys. Rob, how have you been? Yeah, no, I've been surviving. Um, <clears throat> what's happened recently? Oh, I checked out the first issue of uh, Doomsday Clock, which is the big uh, amalgamation of the Watchmen universe into the main DC universe, in a way, um, which has been building over the last couple of years, and it was superb. The art is amazing. Jeff Johns is kind of, I suppose, more homaging than aping <laughs> Alan Moore's kind of writing style and the, the kind of the structure of the issues and the wording and stuff of the original Watchmen. Um, and he's done a, a really good job. And I'm interested to see where that series is going to go over the next year. G.I. Joe-wise, I checked out FSS 7.0, and they look pretty fab and rad. Mm. And there's 12 figures. What the heck? With the 13th on the way. Ooh. What's it gonna be? Is that is that typical? Speculation. Twelve figures isn't included. Yeah, typical. Twelve, <laughs> 12 one for every month. Wow. Mm. And for me, my Joe radness of late come from the community that we situate ourselves in, and speaking particularly about people that I've had brushings with recently. First up. I'd like to mention, uh, although not mention, <laughs> a very secretive uh, pen pal of mine, who has given me the entire G.I. Joe Real American Hero run, plus special missions, in digital form. I'm not going to mention his name, because this is, of course, not legal, uh, nor is it ethical, <laughs> because we're all fans of comic book publishers and uh, we want to respect their work and make sure it's paid for so in order to combat that notion both he and I own complete runs of the G.I. Joe Real American Hero comic book we have paid for our paper but he has done me the huge solid of giving me scans of the entire run which is incredibly useful in order to read them firstly on the go without having to cart your entire collection with you you know long boxes do not really fit in overhead luggage compartments <laughs> but also every time I need to source an image for a YouTube video I've got them all already scanned in digitally wonderful so thank you very much, sir, my silent, silent partner, who will go unnamed. In the same vein, a not-so-silent, silent partner, who will definitely go named, <laughs> called Dave Cabal, has hooked us up with the G.I. Joe Transformers graphic novels by Tom Scioli. This coming on the back of, and not 
altogether small debate <laughs> that raged uh, on the G.I. Joburg Facebook group about whether or not these comics were of any uh, real worth. And I can't wait to weigh in. By all accounts, they are a kind of a, a very retro nod, a nostalgia nod. They are not pretty in a kind of contemporary comic book sense. Uh, they throw out all those sensibilities in favor of a very stylized approach. So I can't really, uh, at the outset, decide for myself where I'm going to stand on this. Will I be like, well, it's cool, there are f Easter eggs everywhere, but man, it's fugly. Or will I be like, absolutely, this is what old man Steve absolutely loves. You know, it's not hip, <laughs> it's not trendy, but it is totally in tune with the nostalgia buzz that G.I. Joe gives me. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Thank you, Dave, for hooking us up. I can't wait for the uh, South African Postal Service and the South African Customs <laughs> to clear it. It might take another two months, but eventually they will be in my grubby little paws. And then, by virtue of that, in your grubby little paws, Rob, can you handle it? Uh, uh, maybe not the grubbiness, but I'll, I'll definitely enjoy reading them. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. So... Stand well back, fans of G.I. Joburg. We will one day be able to weigh in on whether that stuff is any good. Wow. What's up, guys? That Paul, is Paul, Paul. Welcome, buddy. Hello, hello. How are you doing, sir? Hey. Good. How are you guys? Fantastic, man. It's good to have you, you back. You jumped into a boiling pot of water in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, fans of G.I. Joburg, this is Paul Panfalone of Plastic Battles. Well, it's, uh, it's Stephen introducing Paul. <laughs> he is replacing Paul Lobsher tonight, uh, South African member of G.I. Joburg. Rob, you haven't met Paul before. Uh, gentlemen, Rob, Paul, Paul, no, Rob. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? I'm going yourself. I'm great. How's Ohio treating you, brother? Well, it's great. I'm drinking a crappy beer I've never had before, and it is terrible. Um, I'm so sorry. I don't even know if I can finish it. Uh, but good. I'm doing good. It's nice weather here. It's pretty good for December. How are you doing out in uh, South Africa? Well, things are definitely festive in Cape Town tonight. Uh, less than a kilometer away is the lighting of the city celebration, uh, where all the Christmas lights get turned on. And... I cycled through the masses thinking, wow, this is festive. I've typically never been in the City Bowl uh, for such an event because, uh, you know, my family home is out in the suburbs. I now live in town and it's chaos, man. But as I say, very festive. So, I mean, the spirit has started seeping in, which is great fun. That and the fact that I did have one too many at a sort of work reunion uh, earlier this <laughs> evening so actually paul the last time we spoke i was pretty inebriated and this time it's more of the same <laughs> I, try, I tried my best to I'm sober tried, up just, <laughs> sorry i'm sensing a pattern here <laughs> <laughs> what is it man it's just something in the waters whenever paul's uh scheduled to to be our guest i'm like yep yep i'm gonna need to have a, a couple of stiff ones to, to put up with this guy's shit <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Well, you drink that crappy beer. You you down that it's crappy a... beer, and then you down another crappy beer after that. I know I gotta catch up. This is mm. brewed in Jamaica, but woo, it's rough, man. <laughs> Damn. We are gonna talk the figure subscription service, uh, 7.0. Gee whiz. Is it 7 cool. already? Uh, are you familiar with the lineup of figures? Oh, I am, yes. I, I've been paying attention this time pretty pretty close. So. Cool. Well, it is topical, and uh, I think the most interesting way of discussing them is by way of actually pitting them against one another in a kind of a round-robin bracket until we, we eventually pick our favorite figure or favorite top three figures or however you want to rank them. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do them in any particular order other than the order they were announced. So I hope you have images of them to hand. Um, I'm set up. I'm ready to go. Cool. Well done, man. You are prepped. Jeez. Cooch, Rob, you guys ready? <laughs> yep. Outstanding. Uh, anyone got any uh, opening remarks? I know I have one, but uh, I'll let you guys go first because I'm just, you know, nice host. About the figures? Hey, about anything at this point. No, I, I think you guys know. I'm good. Outstanding. Well, then, about the figures, I will say this much. I know there are a lot of naysayers when it comes to the figure subscription service. I'd like to give them benefit of the doubt and say... They're not trying to make themselves wealthy men. Um, uh, on our hard-earned... <laughs> plastic crack fund uh you know our our addiction is not not necessarily making them wealthy so they're not trying to cheat us i mean the the cost is always going to be a factor but i would like to believe that this is the the lowest kind of cost that these figures can be produced at uh, this is a third party initiative at the end of the day and they're not straight up custom figures they come carded and that's something a lot of people lose sight of, the fact of. They are aimed at both um, loose collectors and mint-on-card collectors because you've got the classic 25th anniversary style packaging with the, the classic explosion, the artwork, the you know all the trimmings of a carded figure. So that's, that's something that's, that's altogether special. And, you know, you can be a shit-hot customizer, but unless you've got access to... Uh, a paper mill, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you're going to battle to press your own cards and, and create that presentation. So that's a factor that needs to be considered. And also, they are mass production quality, I'd like to think. Uh, I've had one brushing with a figure subscription service figure before, and that's a, a, a Marujo or a Tiger Force shipwreck that I got for Paul for his birthday some years back. It is factory quality. It is every bit as good as something Hasbro produced. So big ups to the figure subscription service for, for their work. Uh, they get a lot of hate mail, and I don't doubt it. Customizers can do a bang-up job, but that is a one-of-a-kind custom that no doubt costs the customizer more than you're likely to drop on, on one of these figure subscription service figures. So, you know, any, anyone, any, anyone worth their salt can produce perhaps better figures, but in that kind of quantity and with those limitations and overheads, yeah, they're always going to get my sympathy. But anyways, I've rambled enough. 
let's talk figures. So, our brackets, and as I said, this is in um, in order of their appearance. First up, we've got Dusty with Sandstorm versus Cobra Commander in his Arctic getup. What are you guys feeling in this matchup? <laughs> Okay, so these two figures, I think they're both pretty awesome, but I probably, ah, like, I just, I just keep seeing the original version, or at least not the original version, but the, you know, like, the figure that inspired this version of Dusty in my mind, and I don't ever remember liking it very much, but mm. I'm probably gonna, yeah, it was from the 90s, wasn't it? And he's, like, really ugly. Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know. I I just don't know how practical it is having like a, a a tank top in the desert with your bare arms showing. I mean, the war in Iraq, Desert Storm was was chief inspiration for GI Joe's move from being a sort of a, a olive drab into being a more desert camo kind of outfit. And Dusty was absolutely like leading the charge <laughs> in that transition because. He was like one of the first tan figures. That, along with your favorite Paul, that being Ricondo, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh yes. yes. So it's just a weird step in the wrong direction for me. Like the original Dusty was the consummate desert warfare action figure. Now you're gonna suddenly make him lose the camo, lose his sleeves, and give him this vest, which doesn't look armored at all. But it's kind of in line with the more superhero aesthetic of the 90s. So, I don't know. I'm sure he was someone's favorite figure. <laughs> but I think just choosing based on like accessories and maneuverability, like action figure, action, what are they called again? Articulation points. <laughs> Welcome back to being a toy fan, Rob. <laughs> we missed you. <laughs> Moving aroundness, I'd probably go for Dusty. He just looks—he looks like you can play with him a lot more. So that's where my vote's going for. That's one for Dusty. Dusty. Paul. Well, you know if if you know Dusty's got Sandstorm on his side, you know Cobra Commander's got his staff, I guess. But if I'm looking at this as Cobra Commander is the leader of Cobra and Dusty's just one of the guys on GI Joe, then Cobra Commander outranks Dusty, so Cobra Commander should be more powerful than Dusty. If this is a video game, Cobra Commander would be a like a boss level guy. So probably the end of the game. So I'm gonna have to go with Cobra Commander just because of his rank. Hmm. Any reflection on the figures themselves though? Well because Dusty I mean he's pretty true to the nineties figure. Um mm -hmm. but yeah, I was never a fan of that figure, more so probably now than when I was a kid. But, yeah, I mean, the beret, um, I don't know if he's really combat ready here, you know? I don't know if he'd be wearing a beret and sleeves, like no sleeves, into combat. Whereas Cobra Commander, I, I've i never seen, like, an Arctic version of him, really. So I really dig that. That's, like, kind of new to me. So in that sense, I'm going to go Cobra Commander based on I haven't seen a figure look like this, whereas I've seen a Dusty in an O-ring like this before. Hmm. Cool. All right, we're deadlocked then. Cujo, do you want to be our tiebreaker? Sure. Don't let me forget that 
these characters have no soul. That was such a great tweet. <laughs> um, You're right, soulless. But, like, just looking at the, the mock-ups, just action figure, you have to go with Dusty, just because I think Rob mentioned just the, all the parts and stuff. Um, I like the camo pants. That kind of holds it down. But isn't that a, a timber a timber uh, repaint? Ooh, burn! Absolutely, that's uh, yeah, that, that's not a coyote, guys. That's from Rise of Cobra, You're man. Talking to an animal lover, that's not gonna work. Um, <laughs> it kind of looks like a coyote, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I it's, don't know. it's a wolf in coyote's clothing. Give it a coyote <laughs> paint job. At least in the market. I don't know. There's there's an awful lot of plastic animals out there. It, it, do some looking. I, I'm just playing. Let's see. A Cobra Commander. Just. I, I feel like he should be like in your bathroom, reminding you to brush your teeth. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go with Dusty. Okay. So Dusty beats the August uh, Commander of Cobra. Very good, very good. I, I'm sure you can predict our next matchup. It's none other than General Hawk versus Dreadnought Chaos, a.k.a. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do this in reverse order. Kujo, you want to crack this one open? Sure. Um, I like Hawk's getup. I mean, I, I think that that visor kind of lends itself to quite a few different uh, play opportunities this guy's sci-fi too you know um dreadnought chaos is so close to being like one of the most badass figures i've seen in a long time so close and i work with the collector's club or i you know pretend i do like if if you guys are listening oh we got so much talent just reach out i would love to have seen a little bit of a retooling on the shoulder pads to say to have like a ka on one side and then an os on the other I think that would have made all the difference, but he's he's interesting. So I'm I, I'm gonna have to roll with chaos, even though I like sci-fi. Hmm. Do you know where that head comes from? Because I don't. It comes from someplace cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cujo. <laughs> Good well, enough for me. What say you, sir? Well, looking at the figures, you know, I um, I like the weight of General Hawk. I like that. His body looks like he's not he hasn't skipped any meals, you know, um and I dig I dig the helmet and I really like the look of it. Um Chaos has got that really skinny waist, but he's he is a badass figure. And and uh and again, it's a figure, you know, it's a new figure in a sense, right? It's a new character. What is his backstory? Do you, can you enlighten us at all? I know Paul Lobsher from the show he, he he believes that Chaos is a sort of a uh, a filler character. You know, anytime the Dreadnoughts needed any kind of beefing up, it was him. I think it was like a background of a comic panel at one point, and then he was in like the whatever case at one of the Hasbro things. They never produced the figure, right? Am I right or am I wrong on that? Buddy, I will take your word for it. I mean, my only touchstone for this particular look is uh, <laughs> Chap May did like a line called police versus bad guys. I don't know if you collect anything other than Joe, but, uh, you know, in the three and three quarter inch scale, there was this, this funky line of like punk looking dudes. And there was a guy who had that kind of Jason Voorhees hockey mask and a red body warmer that went over that. And mm -hmm. I used to use him as a kind of a stand in dreadnought figure. So this is 
G.I. Joe tipping the hat to Chap May, tipping the hat to G.I. Joe Dreadnoughts. I mean, it's just... It's a wonderful little bit of referential upon itself, um, referencing, for me at least. Other than that, I have no, no idea who this guy is. Well, to me, I think, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but in the 80s, Tonka had these trucks. They were called, like, Steel Monsters. They were, like, Mad Max-inspired these vehicles, and uh, and Chaos would, like, go perfectly with one of those things. And he does kind of, you know, he's got the hockey mask, like Humongous from that Mad Max movie. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm going, I gotta go with, I gotta go with Chaos, because he's, he's just badass. So, oh I'm going goodness. with him. How can this be? Jetpack Hawk is, <laughs> is, is getting scrubbed out of this one? Oh, okay, Rob. Well, since it is um, all of a sudden academic... Where would your vote have 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 gone? Well, I traditionally, you know, kind of like railed against the dreadnoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, it seems a bit straightforward because I mean, I feel like the jersey that he's wearing, not a saw viper, but a range viper. Uh, range viper. It's not the the modern era range viper. Got that same sort of jersey going on. Yep, yep. Well, um, well, correct Maybe that's me if I'm wrong. They, I think they pulled I think it from. Mm, absolutely, with uh, Ali Viper lower legs. Um, yeah. Mm. I mean, the body armor definitely is um, thrashes, but it's the mm-hmm. head that sells it. Uh, whereas Hawk, we haven't really seen what he looks like under that helmet. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And the weaponry that Chaos comes with is, is pretty is pretty interesting. He has the kind of like the crossbow, the machete, and kind of like a, a f- flail. I don't yeah. know what is that. Sure. I would love to draw that thing. <laughs> no one's stopping you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably actually go with Chaos too. You know, just because I know I know Paul Lobsher would, would probably choose him. Actually, I don't know what Paul would do. This is a very difficult one. I'm sorry, man. Like, Our buddy Paul would probably go with Hawk, simply by virtue of the fact that, you know, at least for him and I, uh, the GI Joe Nintendo video game was pretty huge. And once you got to play as that Hawk character, yeah, there was nothing else you wanted to do. I mean, that that was the crowning moment of that game to be able to use the jetpack, fly around, launching missiles at Cobra troopers. I mean, it was just, yeah, yeah. That kind of nostalgia resonance really puts Hawk on its own tier. I don't know, though, if this modern era reinterpretation does it full justice. Because, of course, you know, the, the, the jetpack isn't so much a jetpack as it's a kind of a glide wing with a weird feature. Like, they're kind of missed cues that the O-ring figure has that, that the, you know, the, the, the figure subscription figure does not so uh, it's 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 anybody's guess as to what Paul Lobster would have said. But... And that's probably the best modern era backpack. Jet backpack. Why are you okay. gentlemen making that, trademark? That is, a, that is a podcast <laughs> topic in and of itself. What is the best modern era jet backpack? Or glide backpack? I mean, they were the, the ones that have the actual fabric uh, extensions that flick out. I don't know. Mm. Well, join us on episode 105. <laughs> Which way are you going, Rob? Um, I'm going to go with Chaos. Wow, he he Chaos sweeps it. Hawk, you are out of there, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, Treadmock versus Tomax. Uh, this time I'm going to randomize and I pick Paul to go first. Hey, hey, break the ice, brother. All right. Well, on this one, um, <laughs> I, I can Treadmark. Yeah. I kind of I sad they didn't use Skidmark on it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I can understand why. The butt of the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have come up with some tidy whities or something. Um, I think, you know how, like, for me, these are probably the weakest two of the whole FSS. So, you know, I don't know if you guys watch wrestling, but this is like a dark match, right? This would be the match that happens before they start recording the, the pay-per-view that you don't actually see because oh. no one cares. Um, I don't know if I, I agree with know, that logic. I mean, why would they start, like... Like, surely they want to entice you to watch on pay-per-view, so, like, maybe give you a taste of No, it. this is something that they, they show to the audience before they start, yeah. you know, showing it out. Yeah, like, the audience in the arena paid more to be there, so they get to see a little more, but, you know, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I think, you know, I if I, I do remember um, Zaymot being released in this extensive Enterprises get-up, and, mm-hmm. and the flower was just like a swab of paint, right? It wasn't actually even a flower, it was just a dot of red oh no damn because of that i'm anticipating it's going to be the same i'm going to go to with treadmark because he looks i mean out of the two he looks cooler so i'm going with him hmm. he looks like his uh o-ring self i i like the helmet or he oh, the head sculpts it's it's hmm? it's cool and it's true to his original i mean <laughs> the bright orange is all there present and accounted for uh it's funny though we bemoan their original looks when they aren't, you know, cool or military looking. But when we see them reinterpreted or, or, or reproduced in a modern era style, we're like, yeah, fantastic, faithful to the original, even in that crappy orange color. It's like... Yeah, I think the nostalgia is part of that. Plus, I always gave vehicle drivers more leeway, you know, with the color, because they're in a vehicle, so I'm like, they can wear pretty much whatever they want, you know, at yeah. that point. <laughs> I remember Skidmark, I mean, I for, for whatever reason, had two of them. So with that bright orange jacket, he was like deck crew. You know, he was he was kind mm. of guiding guiding aircraft into the hangars and stuff. Like, that was his function. And he works sublimely as that. But as the driver of the Desert Fox, similarly so. I mean, why not have a brightly colored guy in an otherwise plain-looking vehicle? It's just just makes the figure pop. It's not like he has to blend into the jungle or anything. He's behind the wheel. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Curtis, Tomax or Treadmark? And try not to bias it too much towards your love for the Crimson Twins. Come on, come on. We're talking about the figures here. Well, I don't have much to say about Treadmark. Uh, Tomax, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of fun features here, but... I mean, I don't know about that grapple hook. It looks clumsy to me. Um, that gun, that's just, come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't look less dangerous. But uh, he is repping the DSA. It fits in the case and everything. Okay. No, that's actually, I'm going to lead to the case. He, well, I did want to mention he's repping the Red Rose, which we all know what that means online. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. What, the, uh, uh, the First World War? No, actually. No, the uh, democratic, uh, what is it? De- democratic socialists of America. Is uh, it a rose? A is it rose, not a? Uh, is it is it is a rose? Okay. 
Yeah, they used it. They repped the rose emoji. But anyway, that's cool. I'm not. I'm not down with that. By the way, uh, I think that the briefcase has some play features, which are always kind of fun in a. And just to kind of like he can use that as a bullet shield and also be clocking people. You know, so I, I gotta go with Tomax just because. I, I can't do it, guys. I can't do it. That's all. <laughs> Clearly not a vehicle guy. But the grapple device, I mean, is that is that does it just have a you know, does the rope just straight down uh you know lead to the platform? Or is there some kind of I think so. He probably rides it like a pole, you know? <laughs> like like a ski lift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you straddle this this plate and and it sort of yanks you up the slope. Is he stand on it? Are those foot pegs on the sides? Well, I think you could ride it like a swing, or you could stand on it like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. One-handed. Mm. <laughs> but is it not designed to zip line like the original accessory? Mm. I don't see the. I don't see that any way to do that. Looking at so this, he literally I just think so. I think he just hangs from it. Yeah. Well, that's that's sad. That's, I mean, why Why did you bother? It's like all the sculpting is there. Just make it a zipline as opposed to like a, I don't know, a fishing hook. It probably would have been easier to make the zipline, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead, he's just this kind of like swinging target. They could yeah. just hug each other on, on the platform. <laughs> we're, we're over our Tomax budget, guys. Fair enough, fair enough. So that's one for Treadmark, one for Tomax. Rob, break the tie. Wow, Steven is working really hard to to get me to choose Trademark. <laughs> I kind of actually do choose Trademark based more just because, he, you know, he has like two guns. <laughs> and, and then, uh, That's what it's coming down to. Yeah, accessories play-wise, play like like you, you can do more with him. Tomax is going to sit next to his brother on a boardroom and go, more dollars, please. Cool. I don't know. Treadmark makes it through. Sorry, Curtis. Oh. Uh, DSA just can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Force Jinx versus Ice Viper Officer. This is clearly the the round of you know reversions of of other classic figures. I mean, have they done an Ice Viper? Yes, they did. They included it with the Cobra Wolf in the 50th anniversary. Uh, so presumably this is the same figure, but he's now with blue highlights instead of red. Hmm. Uh, Tiger Force Jinx, you might know from a uh, multi-pack, I think it was, in the latter O-ring era. Uh, so she looks kind of spiffy. She looks ready to, to fight in the jungle as your kind of jungle ninja. I choose Rob to crack this one open. <laughs> hmm. Wow, this is this is... <laughs> Hmm. What are you hmm for? I'm humming because guess what? You don't have to be the tiebreaker for a change. Ha <laughs> ha Hey, look at that. This is fairly tough because I think Jinx looks really cool in that outfit. Like the, the kind of the tiger pattern is fantastic on her. What do you think of the head sculpt? I don't know. I can't tell. She's wearing a mask. <laughs> well, there is, uh, as, at least as far as the digital mock-up is concerned, there is a unmasked version. So she comes with swords, backpack, that staff, and two heads. 
Yeah, that, that's a selling point that she comes with two heads. I think the sculpt on her, on her at least in the mock-up of the sculpt of her face, is actually quite nice. She looks pretty, you know, like a jinx should. She's going to jinx you. And the Ice Viper officer also looks pretty cool. I mean, from the mock-up, it looks like his the, the plastic on his hands and probably his shoes is a bit shiny. I don't understand why, but that's kind of cool. And, and he's got a Firefly phone. Ooh. Yes, exactly. Now we know where Kudra's vote's going to go. And he comes with two <laughs> sides and a cool little, like, machine gun. I think, ah, darn it. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, ah, Should we come back to it. you, Rob? Do you actually want to be the tiebreaker? <laughs> no, 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 I, I, no, we're not going to tiebreak this time, not me. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with, with Jinx. Oh. Because I think this is a really good look for her, and I would never have thought of this look until I saw this figure. Mm. It's brilliant. It's like a mix yep. between Jinx and uh, Bushido. You know, Bushido. Is it Bushido? No, Nunchucks. Nunchucks. It's yeah. kind of like that. Like she's the the female Nunchucks, but cooler because she came first. It's hard to beat a female figure, a named character who has a face. Uh, you know, Jinx infamously had no face in her o-ring incarnation and the red made her a bit stand outish here you've got her in a in a getup that would look cool creeping through you know a jungle but anyways let me not load the outcome too much paul what say you sir well um i think this is a cool matchup i mean you got you know uh tiger force jinx is obviously a ninja and then you know Ice Viper's always been kind of like that Arctic Ninja. You came with the size and stuff, so it's a cool matchup. I know I dig this version of Ice Viper. He's based on, like, the 2007 Flaming Moth um, Joe Club O-Ring paint of Ice Viper. Oh, um, is that it? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Dude, yeah, those I were dig fantastic. It. I really... I, I mean, they came out of nowhere and were just so rad. I mean, I remember, like, fawning over the Night Viper um, mm-hmm. and the Chuckles and, and Shipwreck Pack. Like, just cool. Cool concepts, cool art, and cool backstories. Uh, I wish I'd had those figures, to be honest. Yeah, I don't have... I have a bunch of the uh, Flak Viper because I on eBay I found some Chinese... Uh, I don't know. Some guy from China selling Flak Vipers by the dozens. So I don't <laughs> know if it's from somebody at the factory. So I got, like, yeah, 12. Totally. Of the Flag Vipers, but I don't have any of the others. But this Jinx is, it might be, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at the subscription service. She might be my favorite figure in this whole service, subscription service. And I, I'm not even that big of a fan of the O-Ring version. You know, it's cool, but, but this one, I love the face sculpt on it. It's probably the best female face sculpt, at least from this mock-up anyway, right? Mm. The first, uh, the best female face sculpt I've seen in modern era um, to me oh, wow. so far. And it came from the FSS. Fantastic. Yeah, it just looks great. Now I'm hoping the figure actually looks like this when it comes out. You know, I know it's kind of the Battle Cat. You know, it always reminds me of Battle Cat, you know, from He-Man, <laughs> the green with the yellow stripes. Oh, but, it does, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Thanks but for putting I your finger it. on that. I was wondering, like, why? Why is this? Why have I got this kind of resonance? And it's not because of the, you know, the O-ring uh, redeco. It's it's got something else to it, and that is exactly it. Fucking hell, cringe. So what I need <laughs> to do 
is is buy a battle cat and get her and put it on top and take some photos is really what Shit. I'm thinking about with this figure. So um, I'm going Jinx all the way. Paul, what would you set as Eternia? I mean, like, what? How would you construct a environment to give that kind of resonance? It's got to be a little bit rocky. It's got to be a little bit mossy. It's mm-hmm. got to be, you know, maybe yeah, it's it's be some like lightning, some... lightning cracking in the background. Like, how how would you set that up? I probably like have to paint a backdrop. You know how the skies in all the He-Man cartoons were like painted uh, yeah. red and kind of like this bluish purple skies. Purple, Do that exactly. and then like paint. Paint up some rocks, you know. Paint up some rocks in those kind of color palette, and I think that would work pretty good. Maybe maybe throw in some foliage, you know, some flowers or something with some bright colors. I think I think it would look cool. I I'd, I'd have oh, to do some He-Man research. I've I've watched Master of the Universe recently on mm-hmm. I don't know if it's on Hulu or, you, or Netflix or whatever, but it did the rounds on Netflix. I hope it's still there. Yeah, I think that's where I was watching it. They're beautiful, but man, they are they are painful to get through. <laughs> The dialogue and stuff. I didn't like. So many years removed. I'm like, man, this is not good. But uh, I but quite yeah. liked rewatching some of Shira, uh, particularly the <laughs> early arc, because you know, kind of builds He-Man into it. And unlike He-Man, where it seems like you know the masters of the universe are like sitting pretty because Skeletor's on the outs. Like Shira's a far more like rebels versus the Empire like struggle you know she represents the underground yeah. which is more compelling for me I mean, anyways anyways we're getting off track here but uh skeletor to me mm-hmm. anyone listening to this who's in possession of uh, some extra fss figures once they start arriving uh you know hook up my buddy paul so that he can take that picture <laughs> yeah well. i might subscribe i'm thinking about it i'm on the fence but i might do it okay. this will be the cool. first one i've subscribed to so okay Cool. I'll just have to take a side job, pay for it. There you go. Toys. Oh, what's it? It's toys, tied, toys, right? Toys. Or am I just uh No, it's it's going in the way of Jinx. Oh, okay. It's, it's, but what um, would you choose? I mean, what is your fave? I, I can see Jinx. I, I do like that uh you mentioned uh nunchuck. I, I I can see a ninja date and if you're gonna go on a date, you gotta have the the, the face so that's a pretty complete figure it's good i like the toes too um that that gives mm. it that ninja feel um i i would go ninja with Tabi. ice viper officer good lord you, you took I, the wind out of my i think i mean is i mean if 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 paul loeb show was here he'd be correcting us in all our kind of terminology and i think that's what those that that footwear is called thank you for putting me in my place um, oh shut up <laughs> You know that wasn't my around. intention. <laughs> I'm fine, Rob. Yeah. I, I, I like Ice Viper Officer just because I do like the, the shattered camo or whatever you want to call that. Dude, his, his gun? Thank God somebody did some kind of reasonable gun. Like, that's the most understated cool gun I've seen in a bit. And the I'll blue agree phone. with that. Yeah. The blue mm-hmm. phone's tight. I mean, like, what phone is ringing? The blue phone. Pick that shit up. Uh, <laughs> 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 but, like, no, the collar looks good. I just like him. You know, uh, you mm. could red pill or blue pill, you know, because one of the Ice Vipers has red. So both those guys and a wolf, that, that's actually looking pretty dope. So I, I would go with him, but I do like Jinx too. So, you know, good good picks all around. For my parts, I'd say, you know, if you've got Ice Vipers in abundance with the red highlights, why would you ever want blue? I don't know. It's just, it is 
creating a ranking structure in your Cobra organization that important? Marketing, dude. Yeah, I know. I, I, I fear I'm tapping into the haters of the figure subscription service lineup when I say this, but it is a place filler. I mean, I, Maybe. I, was this figure asked for? Was it really? Are we not happy enough with our 50th anniversary Wolves coming with a fully equipped, you know, Hasbro produced Ice Viper? Is that not Ice Viper yeah. enough for us? Dude, if doing snow stuff is your drug, uh, let's not forget Michael Mercy, the volatile YouTuber. Dude, he just Don't dropped that. Get me started. <laughs> we'll get to him. Michael okay. Mercy, your time will oh, come. Okay. I, I jumped the gun. My bad. <laughs> um, but okay, yeah. okay. It would appear Tiger Force Jinx is proceeding into the semis. And leaving the Ice Viper officer behind. But yes, Cooge, the blue phone. Best you answer that phone when she rings. That's right. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting matchup, and one that I am very <laughs> curious to uh, to <laughs> find the outcome to. Uh, and once again, I think, Kooj, you can come last in this, uh, this one. Paul can break the ice. Uh, Rob can be in the middle spot. Budo versus Kangor. <sighs> All right, so I'll say this. Uh... Big Boa is, I know it's not Kangor, but it is. Big Boa is like one of my favorite 87 figures from the O-Rings. Just because I thought he was cool. I know it's Rocky with a helmet on, right? But I still I still think like he was he was so cool. I remember getting him as a kid and being like, I don't know why, but I love this thing. And the fact that his punching bag said Joe on it, that was <laughs> hilarious to me. But yeah, just, I loved it. But looking at these two and looking at that, that kangaroo is, <laughs> just looks like a, a pile of poo, really. Just a, <laughs> just that shiny brown, I don't know. I'm just like, no, no. I, and I look at Budo, and I'm like, Budo looks like he could kick some ass. I'm going to – I got to go with Budo here. He's just got so much going on. He's got the weapons, the helmet, the gear. Um, I like him way better than – I know there's there was a – modern era uh, Budo that came out a few years ago, right, that was, like, really ceremonially samurai-dressed. But I mm. thought that was, like, too much. That was, like, too... Didn't even look like a Joe figure. This um, is, like, a nice middle ground between that and the actual original Budo figure. Um, and I love the original Budo colors on it, so I'm going with Budo just because it's like kangaroo. The kangaroo ruins it. Give Paul the punching bag, please. <laughs> yeah. Let me, Damn, let me step so... to that heat. Oh, well, I don't know, Cooch. I was going to bring you up last, but okay, man. If you if you feel strongly <laughs> enough, if you want to respond to Paul right now, you can you can have the volley. Go well, maybe I will sully it. Rob, which way are you leaning, brother? <laughs> I'm worried. Rob's a fan of Budo. This is this is this is dangerous. Yeah, it's true. So instead of a punching bag, he comes with a kangaroo. So does he well, punch the kangaroo? No, it's because it's Kangor, so it's the, what, Fun School or something release? Apparently a Brazilian, yeah. Dude, Force of Pharaoh mm. wasn't that long ago. They did a line of animal companion figures, and Kangor mm -hmm. was in that lineup, and why the hell not? I mean, the the artwork sells it for me. Like, the, the card arts on the original card and figure are, like, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? I mean, like a kangaroo, you know, it's it's always lampooned as 
a animal that is boxing for some reason. Yeah. But actual it's kangaroos, weird. they're pretty docile. They're pretty, like, I mean, they're they're pests even. They're just, they're everywhere in Oz. So they're like, like the, the pigeons of Australia. <laughs> mm, well, okay. Um, for us in, 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 in Africa or, or Southern Africa, uh, they're like baboons. They're like baboons, Rob. So if you were, uh, okay. you know, if you step outside of the big city and you're going hiking somewhere, you'll just happen upon a troop of baboons. Uh, similarly, kangaroos just... They're just hopping about, hanging out, rural Australia. They're there <laughs> in their droves. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, the kangaroo does look awful. But, like, Budo looks so accurate, I think, to his original, like, look. I mean, yeah, the color scheme is, is really good. But, like, I prefer the size that came with the Ice Viper officer, though. Those got they're, – they're a bit more meaty. You know, these are, like – I mean, these are probably more accurate to, like, the real thing. I don't know. Paul Lopes would be able to tell us if he was here, but... <laughs> He's had a rough oh, weekend. No, no I'm, I'm sure he has, you know. We don't want to rough it up more, you know. You'll have to find out later that, uh, you know, Jetpack <laughs> Hawk didn't make it much further than the first round. So we're going to ruin the rest of his week. <laughs> yeah, no love for the video game on this podcast today. <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Budo. I mean, I really like Kangor. I mean, he probably looks more practical, like he's more play, play worthy, but I'm not going to pay for that, that fucking kangaroo. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, why? <laughs> it's accurate enough. Look, look at the ins look at the, <laughs> look inside. At the inside of the leg. Yeah. yeah, the inside of the leg and arm is just flat. You can tell it's just a flat piece of plastic on that side. Ugh. Uh Paul, I hate to break it to you. You're not looking at a piece of plastic at all. You're looking at a digital mock up, buddy. Yeah, but it's <laughs> if a I'm a digital mock up, I'm actually gonna make thing. it Yeah, I'm gonna actually make it look better than the original thing. So if that if that looks bad then the toy I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I would have just had no no kangaroo at all. Just come with the weights and the gloves. It would have been better. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys, I think you're losing sight of the fact that as discerning toy collectors, you can choose to throw the kangaroo into the same drawer that contains all your spring-fired missile launches and (laughs) zip lines and, you know, crap figure stands if that's not your thing like the kangaroo doesn't have to necessarily sour the fact that you've got a burly weightlifting ass-kicking boxer with a black helmet as opposed to his kind of creamy original color and a slightly darker more brazilian-esque <laughs> uh, yeah. look his there's hand. nothing wrong with the figure itself i think he kicks all sorts of ass so I think we're we're hanging way too much consequence on the included farm animal. I think it's the yeah. stare of the kangaroo, the way he's staring at me in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's so unsettling. He's uh, looking into your soul. Oh, I can't like unsee it. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Well, well it, I mean, even it's... if I discount the the kangaroo, I still think Buddha looks cooler. Like. And and like that, Budo has you know special memories for me as well. You know, kind of butchering his parts for 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 another figure that I I made and played with. 
<laughs> and very uh, originally pieces. named Samurai Jack. <laughs> exactly. That's that very original. I, at the time, I'd only heard of one Samurai Jack, so this is the second. Very good. Ah, oh, Cujo, I'm so sorry, man. I'm really, really, truly sorry. Why are you apologizing? Because you you've, only got, you've only got one animal companion left in the race at this point. Because <clears throat> Kangor's on his way out. Uh, but as he takes his final bow, what have you got to say? Well, I, I'm speaking for myself. But I, honestly, when I'm, I'm just trying to consider what I enjoy about action figures. Like, how, how much can you actually play with them? Like, the dumbbells, that's actually not a big draw for me. Like, because if you end up using one of those as a weapon, like, I like brutality but that's just gory dude like if that's a weapon so i mean i don't like that you know what i was thinking and i might have dropped it on twitter but like this would have been a great opportunity to show a tactical big boa like give him a vest Mm -hmm. just have the arms and give him a mortar put a mortar on his back and like if you're gonna go with the kangaroo like in this age, make stuff fun. And again, like I know budgets, and I, I actually just heard people that worked on the figures uh, on the podcast that I mentioned earlier uh, mention that like it's not easy to mix and match. Like stuff doesn't fit, etc. So I feel their pain, but you can't just throw in a kangaroo. Like a kangaroo, if you do it right, that's the draw, you know. So. Mhm. I agree. Budo's thighs are pretty tight. Save that mold. And the knives look good. Uh, I guess I would still go with Big Boa, so that, that's where I would go, go. But only because of what I would do differently with what, what I got. You know, I would put some I, guns in his hands and stuff. I like the idea of the mortar. I really do like to take, like, a tactical vest or something. I think that'd be sweet. You still got to have bare arms, but, like, mm-hmm. just give him some kind of, like, like a mortar makes sense, you know, because it's indirect and, and, you know. But You know, you know how... um. Arnold in uh, Predator had, like, the tactical vest, but he had the exposed arms. Sure. Like that that would have looked sweet, you know? Or uh, Billy, even. Yeah, right? Mm. <laughs> well, Arnie in Predator, I mean, he just sort of, his look kind of breaks down over the course of that film. He starts off with sleeves, then he loses the sleeves and has the vest. Yep, and then he yep. loses the vest and he's topless and he's all, you know, fucking... Covered in mud. Barbarian style, yeah. So, oh, man. Look, you got me thinking, Cooge, when you said, like, uh, using the dumbbells as a weapon. I was like, fucking A. I don't think anyone I know has ever played out a dumbbell kill in their G.I. Joe <laughs> battles. No, you don't want to see that. Yeah, man. Like, Joe's invading a Cobra training facility. Someone's got Big Bo or Kangor, you know, cornered in the middle of the, 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 the weight station. So he just picks up a dumbbell and starts bludgeoning this Joe. Until, of course, <laughs> you know, Joe's buddies manage to pull Kangor off him. But, like, that is that is pretty hardcore. Well, I could see a scene where, like, Big Bo is staring into a mirror doing curls, you know, in the middle of the Cobra base, and a, and a Joe comes in on him. Like, if he threw a dumbbell, like, if you saw that on screen and he threw it from across the room, that would carry so much weight. Like, more than, like, gunfire and stuff. Because it would just go right through the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's but... better than two, two shake weights, right? Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you 
Dude, hang oh up, god, hang I don't up. want to see You're that done. image hang in up. my head right now. A GI Joe <laughs> cobra figure with fucking shake weights. <laughs> That's brilliant. Worse than a plastic kangaroo. Alrighty, Budo makes it through. Uh, voice my disapproval. <laughs> <laughs> and now the classiest matchup of all, gentlemen. Who wants to take the first crack at Stalker Tundra Ranger versus Crystal Ball? I'm exhausted, honestly. I'll get <laughs> I'll get it out of the way. It's, yeah. The finish um, line is inside, Cooge. Yeah, let's not do round two, brother. We've been killing it. We should just run off the stage. Round two will be quick. Round two will all be right. well quick because we've all. You know, we've all weighed in. We've talked it out. Like now all we need important. to do is just say names. Name, name, name. Precisely. Precisely. Mm-hmm. I, I, Crystal Ball, I think, is the pick here. I think you got to go. I know Steven's going to break different. Oh, I mean, the Stalker face sculpt, if that's accurate, that's kind of rugged. I, I can roll with that. Um, But, I mean, dude. It's kind of maniacal. They both like, bit, look like bit. they're enjoying themselves a little bit too much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about the guns, I, and honestly, yeah, uh, I'll go with I'll go with Crystal Ball, just because if if they if they nail that head sculpt, that's worth it. Because, dude, Paul, if you take a picture of that dude, oh, speaking of Crystal Ball, that tweet that you dropped on Halloween, that was oh, freaking dope, thanks. dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, I had to dig him out. Dig him out. I'm like, I haven't taken any photos of Crystal Ball yet. Like, what's wrong with me? So, so I've been using him a lot lately. Yeah, that's who I'd go with. And he's got a revolver. <laughs> he's got <laughs> Destro V2 pants. I like the fact that they've found a, a way of reintroducing those into the modern era GI Joe kind of parts pool. Because yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Crystal Ball, who else would they work for? It's it's a good parts choice, I'd say. This is a tough one for me because um, I love Stalker. This version of Stalker is my favorite version of Stalker, especially as a kid. And and I was like, man, I, I was I was kind of I was super pumped when I heard they were doing it. And I like I like how it turned out. It looks great. But Crystal Ball is so weird and so cool and when i was at the con this year and they announced crystal ball the place went crazy so yeah i i gotta i got i gotta go with crystal ball just because he's everyone loves to hate him and as a kid you know he was the one peg warmer i remember as a kid for sure whenever i go to toys r us or ames or any of these department stores there'd be like six crystal balls on the pegs but i don't know i don't i've he's grown on me endeared himself to me over the years um, and I love that he has his hip, hypnotic shield, so I'm gonna go. I, I don't know if they're gonna make that. Um, what do you call it? What's what are those little stickers lenticular. called? Lenticular. Yes. Yes. Uh. Lenticular. I don't know if it's gonna be lenticular, but either way, I'm going with crystal ball. Oh, jeez. Wow. Like, Sorry, Steve. This is this is ridiculous. I I mean, three <laughs> is the magic number, and and I'm I'm I'm. Very grateful that you joined us tonight, Paul, but this would have gone a different way <laughs> had you not been here. That is yeah, fucking ridiculous. Sure. It's nice uh-huh. to know I have an impact. You most certainly do, a profound impact. It seems like North America has overruled South Africa. No, wait a minute, Paul. Yeah, Rob's also kind of cited uh, 
elsewhere other than where I would have cited. I so, have uh, done that before. Whatever. I'm just an outlier who happens to play host. Um, hmm? <laughs> Whose vote counts for two? <laughs> and Crystal Ball versus versus Stalker, and, and, and Crystal Ball takes it. A peg warmer of a character over, <laughs> like, a figure he that is and... an OG-13 reinterpreted, given a plethora of, of play value. Jeez. Anyways, I'll, I'll say... Oh, I'll, don't I'll, worry, I'll, Steve. I'll wrap I, up I would a little bit on... You would have... I would have gone with it. Yeah. Sorry, man. I wanted to do a video review of the O-Ring figure ever since we did our Operation Dragonfire videos, uh, uh, podcasts, because I, I shot a quick video of uh, <laughs> that kayak with an alley viper strapped to the, the, the bow and Stalker riding on the, on the stern and Scoop in the middle paddling and tried to make it float. Mm, obviously too much plastic, too heavy, it took on water. I mean, that thing rides very low in the water anyway, so uh, any additional weight other than one figure is going to sink it. So I, on the back of that, wanted to have him kayak down a mountain stream, and it recently rained in Cape Town, which is fantastic because we're suffering a drought at the moment, so all the mountain streams are streaming, and thought to myself, hell, let me take my, my, my figure and, and take him up the mountain and, and film him coming down the mountain <laughs> in his kayak. And then Mike Mercy, bless that guy, he's awesome, uh, took his Tundra Ranger stalker and took him out on the Tundra and actually had him in the environment he's intended for and, and preempted my video by shooting his own which is a fantastic effort, and if you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. Toy's Gone Wild. Toy's Gone Wild. It's beautiful. He, uh, it's it's G.I. Joburg-inspired. Uh, he credited us with his first few efforts. Um, I'll take it, thanks. He likes shooting his toys in the open air and in the, sort of the outdoors environments um, and took his stalker and his kayak and put them in water and... It looks fantastic. It's as it as it is intended. I mean, there's no ways I could recreate that here because we don't got no snow. But damn it, maybe I'll still. Sh- well, maybe if we'd all seen that video, then then maybe this vote would have gone otherwise. But it seems like Crystal yeah. Ball makes it through. But you should still do that video, Stephen. I most certainly will, and 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 I'm so glad that they are doing this Tundra Ranger Stalker, perhaps the most ambitious figure figure subscription service have ever done. Because, I mean, how are they tooling up that kayak? Did they basically? Yeah, I think that's that's one worry though. I think for me, which which oh, might have actually pushed me more towards Crystal Ball, is how do you fit a modern era figure into that kayak? Because then you actually have to completely redesign that kayak. You can't do I that. I disagree. Mm-hmm. It can it can fit within the the um, the dimensions of the original kayak. But that hole is going to be so big. I'd be interested to try it anyway. No, no, no. The hole is it can it, the hole is big enough for a modern era figure. I wonder the weighting of a modern era figure if that would change anything. Because they are broader on top, but it comes with all the gear. The the oar, the outrigger, the outrigger arm, the heavy machine gun, the submachine gun, like it's all there. I don't see. Yeah, a knife. it comes with all the original accessories. 
I don't I don't know about the mm-hmm. knife and the the sort of the the mask. Yeah, the mask. Yeah, we're saying. But I mean, all the major stuff is there and accounted for, and I mean, that stalker always holds a certain prestige for me because he is part of the '89 lineup, but he's also an original 13 figure, and he's released alongside two other original 13 figures, and they make a really cool strike force in my my mind. I think. You know, Rock and Roll version 2, Snake Eyes version 3, and Stalker version 2 make for a really cool, like, close-knit group. They were the the original Joes. And the file cards also let you in on that fact. Because, you know, for a latter-day G.I. Joe fan like myself, the whole concept of the original 13 Joes was the stuff of legends. And all I had to attest to that were the file cards that came with Stalker, Snake Eyes, and Rock and Roll. And I was like... Okay, so these guys are a team within a team, and their latter versions just enhance their play features uh, so much more than their originals, which were kind of rather basic figures. You know, Rock and Roll came with a machine gun, Snake Eyes came with an Uzi, and Stalker came with a machine gun as well. I mean, it's like yeah, and they came with a lot more in '89. That's Mm -hmm. that's crazy. They were like deluxe versions of their original selves. If you know what I mean. 89 got it right. I'm pleased to know that collectors of modern era figures can now create that trio. You know, just like us O-ringers cling to them. I know I do. When I want to break out like a little strike team, it's those three figures from 89. Plus 88 Storm Shadow, just for good measure. Because, you know, the whole Vietnam connection and the ninja aspect makes for a good, good team. So, round two. Yep, this one will be quick, gents. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do a quick fire, uh, I suppose, a semi-final. Are you ready, gentlemen? Ready. Dusty versus Chaos. Paul? Chaos. Cujo? Sticking with Chaos. Rob? Chaos. Oh, Chaos. Three points to zero. Treadmark versus Tiger Force Jinx. That's too easy, right? Cujo? I like Jinx. Rob? Jinx. Paul? Jinx for me, too. Oh, wow. Okay. She sweeps the boards again. Budo versus Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball. Oh. I'm guessing Paul's going to say it, too. Crystal Ball. Amazing. <laughs> Fucking A. Okay, well, th- those were very easy uh, matchups. Now, here we have an interesting conundrum, which I suppose a 12-figure bracket uh, lands you up with, and that's we've got a, f- a final round with three entries. So I'm going to carry a vote for a change. Whoa, the nominees are Chaos, Tiger Force Jinx, and Crystal Ball. Mm. Um... Let's do this alphabetical. So, Kujo, you're up first. Alright. Um, we got Chaos. Who are the other two? Jinx. Chaos, Tiger Force Jinx, and Crystal Ball. Okay, I'm just going to go straight off play action. And I'm going to go Chaos because Jinx is slick. At sh- and I mean, I could break either way. But Crystal Ball, he, he, he doesn't have enough, or he doesn't have as much fun. Uh, about him as, as Chaos does. 
So uh, I'm just going to go straight forward. And Chaos is interesting to me still to look at. Hmm. I wonder if you'll find any support from uh, the three of us. Next up, Paul. What do you say, sir? Chaos, Tiger Force Jinx, or Crystal Ball? It's a tough one, but I'm going to stick to what I said earlier, and I think Jinx is my favorite out of this. Very good. Whoa, that's that's cool. So, um, yeah, Jinx for me. Rob? Wow, Steven, it looks like you, you're not going to have to have to necessarily play tiebreaker because um, my choice is between Jinx and Chaos. I mean, all three are, are pretty brilliant, and uh, I do own the original Crystal Ball. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do, and he's pretty cool. Courtesy of Greg, Greg Crocart, actually. That was a donated figure. Awesome. And I'm very, very, very happy to have it, even though I, I, I tend to forget what I have. Because I have so many. <laughs> and I hold oh, on to your entire you hold collection. On to all of them. I, 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 yes. I keep them for safekeeping, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Collateral. <laughs> <laughs> you will podcast tonight, Rob, or one of your jokes goes into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm never giving your Lady J back. I, I'm going with Jinx because I think this, to me, is the definitive Jinx. I think she looks fantastic. That outfit is amazing. And two heads. I mean, come on. And she looks like she'll be super fun to play with. I like it. Wow. Okay. So the, 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 the runnings as it stands, uh, Kujo goes with Chaos. Paul and Rob go with Tiger Force Jinx. I'm going to throw a spanner in the works and just say Crystal Ball. I like his parts choice. His face sculpt is suitably nefarious uh, and unique. I mean, you're not likely to get another head sculpt like that in the Joe line. It's it's one of a, one of a kind, and it's its own thing. I mean, the accessories are of course a bust, which is why it never would have made into the final round over <laughs> Tundra Ranger Stalker. But yeah, I I I I like this figure for its uniqueness. I will always prefer a original presentation of a figure over a Tiger Force version, for instance. Even if that Tiger Force version harks back to Battle Cat. Sorry, Paul. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Crystal Ball for me. Chaos, sorry, Kuj. I, I, I would never seek out this figure uh, at all. And You're just you're, not you're a big fan of horror. Oh, sorry, go. No, no go for it. Well, yes, say... I know. How could I not be a fan of horror? I've gone with Crystal Ball. Uh, he's inspired by Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen nice. King's son, right? I think it was his uh, son. Yes. Well, okay. Well, the, 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 the rumor is that Stephen King wrote the file card, but Stephen mm -hmm. King's son was actually given sneak peek as a as a as a code name mm -hmm. or file name callback. Uh, yeah, King. yeah. I think what happened was his son posed the idea of a hypnotist, and then he. He came up with the file card after that. They were like they were like cross country skiing or something. Cool man. Either way, Kujo, you surprised me by not electing to go with Crystal Ball just because of your your uh, enjoyment of GI Joe Cobra. You know, Crystal Ball has got added layers of cool thanks to that particular comic run. No, I mean, pick pick an IDW book. They've done a cool job on on uh, Crystal Ball. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just for me, Chaos from the shoulders up, he's one of the coolest characters. Like, like you got a bunch of dudes in a room, and all of a sudden he walks through the door. Like, that's Alpha, dude, with those shoulder pads. It's, it's too much to pass up on for me. Right on. But either way, the way this breaks, for G.I. Joburg at least, if you are looking to pick up the figure subscription service figures, the ones that we like the most, based on their digital mock-ups, are Chaos, Tiger Force Jinx, and Crystal Ball. For some unknown reason. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, guys! Stalker! Come on! He's got a kayak and everything. Okay, so the number one figure, our number one choice is Jinx, but a special mention to Stalker. Okay, whatever, whatever. Runner up. <laughs> Guys, uh, important G.I. Joburg news that uh, I feel sober enough to finally talk about at this point. We've just launched a Joe Fund Me campaign. <sighs> Rob, enlighten the listeners. So, next year uh, is apparently the final Jocon, and it's going to take place in Chattanooga, Tennessee. At least the, the, the final Jocon in its current kind of iteration. And the boys of G.I. Joburg, at least the South African ones, would not be able to get there without the help of our fantastic listeners, our fantastic watches of videos, um, and even just people, you know, that kind of pass us by and go, hey, you guys look pretty, pretty neat. You guys should come to the States. Um, so we started a GoFundMe on GoFundMe.com. <laughs> I will put a link in the description of this podcast episode. Yeah, no, no, no for sure. Do it. So so basically, the money that we're raising is going to go towards you know, plane tickets, visas, obviously tickets to the show itself and accommodation. We're not going to eat while we're there, but <laughs> otherwise our goal would have been a lot higher. Like, uh, I tend to go to very, you know, like, five-star restaurants and only eat sushi and, you know, um, <laughs> raw Michelin. meat. But Michelin, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> so anything that anyone can give would be fantastic and amazing. As Stephen said, go check it out. Um, there's some cool stuff that we're giving away as well, depending on how much you, you help us out with this amazing shirts with really cool designs. And the prints as well are pretty fantastic. I'd probably go for the the eel print. By the way, that's the 1990s eel, the cool one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You crack me up, Rob. You really do. I really do. And, oh, I also wish I had one of these cool new G.I. Joburg t-shirts, too. Not that I don't mind the one that I have already, that you'll see in the video that uh, that is at the top of our GoFundMe, and on YouTube, and on Facebook. (laughs) But that's a pretty cool shirt. Oh, and the Iron Grenadier shirt looks pretty dope too. Damn guys, now I want to donate to us. But I suppose that <laughs> well, the feel point. free, Rob. It's pretty self-serving. Uh, we've been running for three days, and we've had three great donors. So we are three for three. Our first donation came from Kevin Mail. Kevin operates on YouTube as well. He's got a fantastic uh, YouTube channel called Venture Into the Vault. And the only sales pitch I need to give you is if you revel in nostalgia as much as we do, and the chances are high that as fans of G.I. Joe you do, uh, Venture Into the Vault is a channel that you want to subscribe to. Our second donor 
guy called Sean Race, pretty active on GoFundMe. He's got a GoFundMe himself. And we are very thrilled to have your donation. Thank you, Sean. And the third and final donation <laughs> comes from Tessa Fatty, my Fantastic. <laughs> of Fatties and Monies, now owned by Tiger Brands, who produced your delicious and nutritious energy bar, Rob. Mm. Fantastic. No, I, I would say that if you're if you're talking about Joe Fund Me and Joe Berg, uh, it, it should be a no-brainer. Like this this is the best one of the best stories in Joe right now. Check it out, uh, whatever that link is. Uh, and honestly, like my, my line art's getting pretty sharp. We're getting there. Uh, it's it takes a long time to dust it off, but we're gonna break off some cool shirts, and they're actually the kind of shirts that you want to sleep in. I mean, they're good. So check those out, and uh, let's just make June a celebration of. Fans that have survived two movies <laughs> and uh, se- several other, you know, antagonistic things. I'm not gonna say that. Cut that. Cut that. And several other things along the way. But just let's just celebrate. I'm not cutting that. Still here. I'm not cutting that. Come on, Cooge. That was that was well put. Yeah, right, fucking fair, a. We fair. are survivors. We haven't walked away from this hobby in spite of detrimental incidents. One thing I'm finding out, whether I like people or not, GI Joe is some of the smartest people in our nation. Like, the people that read Hama are the smartest people you know. These people aren't a joke. Dude, you talk HCC, probably one of the best people in his game. Hey, we, got, we got Paul. We got Plastic Battles. One of the best photographers out there. Come on. So, I mean, oh, there's just talent. No, it's it's easy, brother. Like, the G.I. Joe fan base is a monster. I mean, I agree uh, about the Hama point. My brother and the people I knew growing up with who read Hama's books, um, whether it be G.I. Joe or Wolverine or whatever he was writing, went on to do some great things. You know, they're the most well-read people I know. So I think there's something to that. Well, with, with uh, you know, just the culture as it is, people are just now finding out about Hama because, like, the comic pros are starting to talk up. Like, when people do, like, their top ten reads from their childhood, that dude's charting every time. Like, it doesn't matter the writer. So... Yeah, and, it, and it's like it's as it should be, you know. And it's kind of, and, and it, I'm glad it's finally come around. And like I honestly, I can't speak to what he's up to now. You know, some people thematically aren't vibing, but you can judge an artist on an area, a period. You know, like you can knock Lucas, but that dude convinced us that we could beat the Empire. Hama gave us the playbook called a real American hero. Let me end it on something light. Uh, there's a lot of good. G.I. Joe Twitter going on right now. G.I. Gary, uh, he dropped a cool IDW, uh, the last the last issue that dropped. They got a new artist on it. Uh, his Twitter game is pretty good. Check him out. And also, Serpentor's Lair drops some pretty good articles every now and again. Um, I appreciate that. Paul, you got any sign-offs you wanted to uh, trot out? Yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it. And uh, this is fun. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, anytime, and uh, and uh, I'll be going to JoeCon, so um, I'll uh, I'll send something your way via the uh, Joe Fund Me. I want to I want to get you guys there. I think it'd be awesome to have us all there. Cujo, you're going, right? Oh yeah, unless something gets wobbly. Yeah. Nice. I think I think it, it's awesome. I mean, I went the last two years. The only two years I went two years ago everyone thought that was going to be the last one until they announced it wasn't during the con but there was so many awesome people there last year i think it was a little bit of a lull 
But uh, I know Word Burglar is going to be there. If you guys are there, if we're all there, I think it'll be a really, really awesome time. A lot of creative, talented people getting together. I think it'll be amazing. It seems like an amazing rallying point, to be honest. I mean, just judging by the fact that the accommodation's already booked out, they have to announce a second hotel. And, I mean, it's not just the allotted accommodation for the convention. It's like the entire hotel is mm-hmm. gone. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, I joke about it with the guys, but, like, we are literally going to hire an RV and park it at Arby's. <laughs> You know, until someone tells us, you, you can't park here. Uh, off you go. <laughs> it's going to be a, a great time. I, I hope we can I'll make this materialize. Mm-hmm. Rob, what you got to say, brother? I got to say, this was good, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Mm. <laughs> I'm saying that before I've even listened back to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give a shout-out to Jake Witherspoon. I hope you enjoyed your road trip. Uh, I hope it wasn't too inane with kids' uh, music playing in the background. I'm sorry we couldn't get an episode out in time, but thank you for lighting a fire under my ass to release this one. I hope it reaches you timelessly, and you enjoy it all the same. And with that, episode 104 draws to a close. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our GoFundMe, please. The link is in the description to this episode. Go onto YouTube, check out our little vid about it, or just check out the GoFundMe page. It's not like we're curing cancer, but if you are a fan of the site and you want to see us at JoeCon, first round's on us. Bye.